Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 11. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Ebony Vaz. Ebony T. Grimsley Vaz is the founder and chief strategist of Above Promotions, a digital marketing, public relations, and promotions company in the Tampa, Florida area. She is also the author of the book entitled Because You're Small, Effective Marketing Strategies for Immediate Implementation, a marketing instructor for Jolt and an expert consultant for Coach the World. For over 15 years and 80 plus brands, Ebony has had the opportunity to work on campaigns for businesses such as AT&T, AAA, AOL, Coldstone Creamery, and Verizon Wireless to smaller national and international organizations and large nonprofits such as the University of South Florida. She is a diversity and tech contributing writer for moguldom.com and has been featured on msnbc.com, Food and Wine, Social Media Today, Food Fanatics, Biz Bash, Adweek, PR Daily, Yahoo.com, The Retail Consumer Experience, Business to Community, NewsOne.com, and other publications, panels, and hosted events. Invited to speak on diversity in tech, marketing strategists, crisis communication issues, leadership and organizational techniques, and business journalism, Ebony leads colleagues across the U.S. through crisis communication topics and the creative community. She has educated those in the business and entertainment communities, and her expertise is well-respected in her field. While many of her clients and reach go beyond the Tampa Bay area, she continuously gives back to her local community by organizing and volunteering at events for Techstars Startup Week Tampa Bay, Hospitality Hackathon, Ignite Tampa Bay, Bar Camp, and is a member for ISC2 Tampa Bay, InfoGuard, and the Tampa Bay Association of Black Journalists. She is also a board advisor for the Bright Young Minds Coalition and a Kaufman Fellows Academy and Techstars Venture Deals participant. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Ebony Vaz. Okay, Ebony, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Well, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this interview. You're welcome. I'm excited. Okay, so I read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for being a woman who wears many hats, as well as for your longevity and entrepreneurship and for your efforts to promote diversity and technology, as well as entrepreneurship altogether. I think that's really awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So are you ready to talk about leadership? Sure, let's do it. Okay. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Ebony? That is true. That is very true. 
Can you tell us why you feel this way? Well, you know, it's funny is because as many things that I do, I don't look at myself as a leader. Mm -hmm. However, you have leaders and you have followers and you have moments when you're either or. And I think that everyone is a leader, whether you're leading your family, you're leading your kids, you're leading your coworkers, you're leading people in the industry, your employees. Everyone is a leader at some point in time. Like I said, you might end up being a follower at some other points of time, but overall, everybody at some point ends up stepping into the leadership role. Okay. Thanks for that. I like that. And I like what you said as far as followers, because I even believe that to be a successful follower, you have to be a good leader. You know, when you are a good leader, I think that you really know how to be a good follower because you've been on that other side of having the difficulty of working with people and managing people and if you have been a good leader or even been in leadership, when it's your turn to follow, you kind of have empathy and you understand what exactly the leader is going through. Yes, yes. Okay, thanks for that. So, Ebony, can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? I know you just said you don't like to look at yourself as a leader, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, if I look back at it, it's funny is because I never thought of myself as a leader in high school. Okay. And I thought that I was just someone that got along with people. I got along with blacks, whites, Spanish, Asians. I just thought that that's you're doing. I was just doing everything that a normal people did is what I thought. And it wasn't until some friends said you should run for a class president. And I'm like, why would I do that? (laughs) (laughs) But I did and I won. And it was still shocking to me at that time. Like I said, I just, I think some things are second nature to people when it's their gifts and their calling. Mm -hmm. And so they don't really look at it as more than that. And I think sometimes when you run into people who really want to be a leader, who might not need to be a leader at that point in time, it becomes definitely more of a challenge and they're trying to fit like the wrong size shape peg into the wrong size and shape hole, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I like what you said as far as when it's your gift and your calling that you don't really associate a title with it. You're just basically doing what you know to do. So that's a great point as well. Okay. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Ebony, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? Well, I believe in servant leadership. Mm -hmm. I have to refer back to the Bible. That is what Jesus did. He was a prime example of it. Mm -hmm. One of my, when you talk about code of leadership, it's kind of my code of I live, I stand by, I absolutely love is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s instinct, drum major instinct sermon that he did. And I actually bought it. I listened to it 
like at least three or four times out of the year. But just talking about how to be a servant leader, that I feel was probably would be my code of leadership. That is where I just feel that you need to be able to not only delegate, but be able to walk in those same shoes that you're asking others to walk in. And I don't think that any task is beneath a person. And at the same time, I think that when you can show those who are you're asking to follow you to do a task or you can show them how to do it or help them do it better, you become a better leader. They become a better person. So I really, truly stand on servant leadership. And like I said, I, the drum major instinct is my absolutely favorite. I can't think of any other sermon that I know more, I've listened to more <laughs> than that one. I really, truly believe in servant leadership. Okay. Thank you for that. I love that. And I love your point as far as being able to walk in the shoes that you want others to do so. Because like you said, no job should be beneath anyone. But I think on top of that too, you actually gain more respect from people. You allow people to believe in you more. It's like so many gifts that are given as a result of being a servant leader. So thank you for that. Yes. Okay. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Ebony, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? I I forgot who said it, but I truly believe that failure is just a lesson on how not to do something. Yes. And you, especially for me, you know, my background is marketing. And in marketing, we talk about A-B testing all the time. Mm-hmm. You never know which copy is going to be best. You never know what color will be best. You have an instinct, but you're not really sure. And so sometimes we have good ideas and we're not able to execute them to the fullest or at that time, they were just delivered at the wrong time. And so I don't believe that failure is something of a finality. And I think that's where a lot of people hurt themselves is that they feel as I failed at this one thing. I need to stop what I'm doing. And that's it. Especially women. We really take that to heart as to where a man will be like, oh, that didn't work out. I messed up. Move on. Mm-hmm. But I find that women tend to be more hard on themselves mm-hmm. and they tend to look at their failure as a finality, I'm done. This is not going to work ever in life. Never, ever, ever, ever. And that's not the case. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, thanks for that. And I love that as far as A-B testing, right? Because I feel like life is an A-B test, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> life is an A-B, B, Q, R, is an everything test, you know? And especially if you're an entrepreneur. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> that reminds me of a meme or a picture I saw where it's like the life of an entrepreneur and it's a line. And I think the line is like swiggly and it goes in circles yeah. and it's all these yeah. loops. Yeah. So that is so right. It is. And one of the things that's difficult, even when you're an entrepreneur or you're in any type of leadership role, is you're kind of pulled away from the rest of the general population. And so your family won't understand. Mm -hmm. Your friends and people you grew up with won't understand. 
it gets to be a little bit lonely when you step out into that leadership and entrepreneurial role. And that's why I think it's good for you to get a tribe that you can talk to things with and you can bounce ideas off of with and you can just be like, you know what, this went completely wrong. And it's no judgment and it's understanding with it too. So I think there's a lot of different aspects to to it. And, I, and I wanted, I'm, one of the things I just can't even stress enough is the fact that women really have to take a look at how they're internalizing their failures mm-hmm. and how it's really holding them back. And that these things that we've had as far as women being pitted against one another, we really have to figure out how not to do that and be able to come together. So as you as a leader, you as an entrepreneur can share when these times are, when you're failing. Yes, yes. Those are great points. And I do agree. A tribe is necessary because like you said, your family may not be able to relate. Your friends may not be able to relate, but another entrepreneur who has, who has walked the walk you're walking can relate so that you know, maybe some of those things that happen, you don't take them as hard when you have someone like, oh, that happened to me. Oh, that's normal. It's like, oh, it is? Okay. Now I can move forward as opposed to just staying stuck where you are. Yep. I agree. Yes. All right. So Ebony, can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? (laughs) (laughs) I can, I can share that. So, you know, and I'll, and I'll put it out there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. And I don't know that there's so many secrets with this. But so I am one of the organizers with Startup Week. And I organize the PR marketing track. And what I do is I'm probably one of the most organized people when it comes to putting together their track of various sessions, etc. And so I will ask my speakers about four or five months in advance to be on a panel. And so I asked these journalists to be on a panel. One of them is a journalist for a national or global tech platform. And I asked her to be on the panel with some other people. And what happened next was, you know, in the the thing of life, you're continuing to move on. So I've already confirmed, like, we have you. Thank you so much. You gave us your bio. You gave us your information. And I allowed, I think, two and a half months to go by without just saying, hey, a reminder. Even though we still were two months out from the event, she proceeded to have a conversation with not back to me or not back to the local group, but she went to like the national organization. It's like, I don't know what kind of thing you guys are doing in Tampa, but I haven't heard from anybody and two. And that was a lesson for me because (laughs) (laughs) in my mind, I'm the type of person that if I tell you yes, you know, and I commit to this, I'm going to commit to it Mm -hmm. on my calendar. And so I'm not normally like worried if I don't hear from somebody unless it's like a couple of days beforehand. Exactly. So that's, that's me and how I roll. And normally my plan, and I've done Startup Week for a few weeks, I mean, a few years. And so my plan, and this happened a couple of years ago, my plan is, you know, six weeks out, four weeks out, two weeks out, the week of, and the day before. That's my reminders, you know, set up. That's how I was operating. And so that, 
was, I guess, my failure. And assuming that everybody had that same mentality as me, if I've committed, then that's it. And that's mm-hmm. happened, you know, again, it's a, it's a remind, it's a failure that I keep having because I booked somebody for another event recently and I told them I'm going on vacation for two weeks. And then they assume like that nothing was going to happen. But I was like, you committed, I committed. So it's something I keep feeling at. So, you know, life was, <laughs> life was hard lessons, right? <laughs> but the, I think the, the biggest failure, if I can summarize all of that up in a really short synopsis to say, is that I assume that people think the way I do. And I think that's one of the bottom line lessons that a lot of leaders keep forgetting is that not everyone around you, whether they're people that follow you, the people that you work with or have to bring on to something, they don't think like you. They don't operate like you. And so that is one of, I guess I would say, a failure for me and something that I've learned. And it's still something that I continuously learn. I think I'm getting better at it, but it's still a lesson I have to learn. Okay. That is a great, great lesson. And it is true. And I mean, I'm I'm partial to your side. It's like once I commit, I commit. But I do know of people who like, I don't know if it's some kind of, to me, it's like maybe an anxious spirit. I don't know where they need yeah. to know, like they need to keep, you know, getting information. But like yeah. you said, everyone's different. So we're not here to judge. We're just here to make it comfortable for everyone and, and yep. peaceful for everyone. So yes, understanding that and taking that into account is a great way to grow and improve. So Thanks for that. Okay. So Ebony, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do I feel it's easier? No, it's not easier, but to a degree, it is easier. So I'm going to give you my, it's easy and it's hard. The easy is... We as women, we are natural born leaders, right? You, I can't tell, there's not a mom, well, I'm sure there are bad moms, but there's not a mom that I don't know who is not a leader. It's just naturally within you to take and fix something and, and to make a person feel better and to encourage someone. So those leadership qualities are very easy for a woman. And the facts in the statistics show that businesses do better with women leaders. Mm. So it's easy from that standpoint of us tapping into what's naturally within us. But it is hard, (laughs) hard, 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 hard. (laughs) You have to step into the ecosystem where it is male dominated. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I think for women as leaders is that it's hard, this is the hard part for women leaders, is it's hard for you or hard for a woman to take the emotions Mm -hmm. out of their decision-making. Because as a woman, we're going to be thinking about this employee that we have, this volunteer that we have that needs this role. But, and sometimes we will prolong removing a person from a role Mm. because we're thinking about, the fact of their needs and how you can see that you know that they can grow and you believe in them. And at the same time, they're actually hindering everything around the role that they're in. Mm. So as women, 
that same good quality trait for us as being able to be compassionate to people, to be respectful for others, to encourage others, it can turn around and hurt us. When you add into the question, is it easy or hard in the entrepreneur ecosystem? It's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Men are, you know, it's a boys club. And I love all my men of color, but it's still a boys club. Even if you have a group of men of color together or men who are not of color together, it's still a boys club. No matter what, it's going to be a challenge for a woman to enter into that ecosystem. Okay, thanks for that. And I do agree with you. I felt like you were speaking exactly to me in reference to, you know, caring about people so much that you allow it to impact what you have going on. So that definitely is something that I believe women struggle with and have to learn how to separate. And then as well as, you know, it's a boys club and we have to kind of get in where we fit in and make our marks. So thank you for that. Okay, so productivity is a hot topic right now as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Ebony, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? So, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, what works for you works for you. You know, I went through this period of time of trying to be at that 5 a.m. club that people talk about. That's not me. <laughs> That's I've been me. trying to. It's not me either yet. I'm still trying. <laughs> and um, I was sharing with the founder the other day. He's like, you know, I'm trying to be a part of this 5 a.m. club. What are your tips? And so my tips is that you have to find your own 5 a.m. And your okay. own 5 a.m. may not be at 5 a.m. You might be at 8 a.m. You might be at 11 a.m. But you need to find what works for you and your schedule. So you can maximize when you're pr- productive. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I guess a tip, I can't say what a tip is for people because I think, again, the biggest tip is find what works for you. But I can share how I organize and I stay productive. And that for me, that is being in schedule. People talk about that morning routine, but the morning routine starts at night. So at night, you know, I'm shutting down about 10, maybe about 11. I'm completely no electronics. And then I'm usually asleep between 11 and 12. And then the next day, my day starts at 7 a.m. From 7 to 8, that's my prayer, my meditation time. From 8 to 9, I'm cleaning up around the house because I found that, because I work from home, but in general in life, I found that when my house is in order, everything else is in order. Like my mind functions so much better when things are in its place. Mm -hmm. I'm not OCD with it, but it means that that's one less thing that I have to worry about. So I do spend like an hour a day cleaning up things, going through the mail, et cetera. And then I start my workday at nine. And some people believe in like that daily schedule, write down your schedule every day and finish everything on your list. But I found that I was looking at myself as a failure if I created a day schedule and I didn't get everything done. (laughs) You know, I could have had like three great biz dev conversations and only got through emails and did nothing else for my business and I would feel like a failure. And that doesn't make sense, right? Mm -mm. So 
where I move from doing a daily schedule for, to what I'm going to accomplish for the week, oh my gosh, I was so much better on myself. Okay. And I wasn't beating myself up when I didn't get things done. So I started off with a weekly schedule and I would just work through the list. And then what I found was that I tried to tell myself, okay, Monday is going to be for research. Tuesday is going to be for prospecting a new business. Wednesday will be for like my content marketing. Thursday will be for follow-up. But that didn't work for me either. Okay. So what I ended up doing is I have my list for the week. And then I've color coordinated this. This is so crazy. And maybe one day when next time I see you, I'll show you if I have it with me. <laughs> okay. I have, I have everything that I have to do for the week. It's color coordinated and each color means a different thing. So there could be a color for what I need to do for a client. So that's green. That means money's already in the bank, right? Then mm. I have things that I need to do to sustain my business and keep myself organized, whether it's every week I do, I do my financial review for my business every single week. So that's blue. You know, I have those activities in blue and then I have the like yellow that says like, Hey, you need to follow up with these leads. So that's in yellow. And then, so the whole point is, then I have this one and I'll say this too, is that it's an activity that could help me generate leads in the future. Right. So I go through every single day hitting at least one thing from every color. And when I found that I was doing that, I was able to make sure I was working in my business and on my business. And then I have a color for like helping, like talking to someone or helping someone through that week. So if an organization asks me to come volunteer or something, then that's a pink color on there. But I try to hit like all of my colors every single day. And that's helped me to be pretty productive. I love that. I like that. And that helps you to kind of spread yourself across every area that you need to, right? Yeah. To make sure you get things done because, you know, leads don't just fall into your lap. It's a process you've had to have already put seed in the ground in order for the person to become a client. And so if you haven't done the work, the time ahead of time, you can't expect for you to have clients. Right. So you have to make sure that you're balancing that working on your business with working on your business and actually doing the work that you have for your clients. So I found, like I said, I found like that is like I'm in like a perfect harmony with that right now. Good, good. So hopefully that will help other be productive as well. Okay. I have one more question to that. Now, do you prioritize your colors? Like is one color something that you, this is the color I hit first because I want to make sure that this aspect gets done no matter what, or being that you touch on each one, you kind of let it flow how it may. Well, it will depend. Some days it's going to be a customer that I have first because you got to keep customers happy, Mm -hmm. right? You got to be able to deliver service, but then there'll be other days where it'll be leads first because- If I have a potential $50,000, $100,000 revenue opportunity, I can't just wait until like 530 at the end of the day and be like, hey, how's it going? I know you're off that door. <laughs> I know you think about that traffic you're about to go sit in, but can we talk? So, okay. you know, but in general, it's usually clients and leads and, you know. Okay. So that makes sense. So those money-making and possible future money-making tasks are the ones that are a top priority, which makes sense, right? Because you need money to keep going. 
Okay. So, Ebony, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you learned? I think that any time that I work on a project, I work to help somebody else. It, that really just blesses me. You know, it as much work as goes that goes into Startup Week. And I think, man, I'm not doing this anymore. People will come to me and they'll tell me how it's helped them. Or a couple months later, someone will come to me and be like, you know what? Because you you had this person there speak. I'm so glad you did this. It's helped my business. I was able to connect with this person. So uh, that blesses me is getting that feedback from people. Even with like the creatives group that we do, that blesses me when someone says that it's helped them. They've really gotten something out of what they're doing. I feel like those types of feedback is really what blesses me. And then I guess if I had to talk about a takeaway from it is that it actually fuels me to continue to be someone who's a giver, you know, because there's times when you're, you feel like maybe you're not doing the right thing at the right time. But I think that when you get that feedback, it's helpful or you can see that progress is helpful because sometimes you as a leader will do something and the person, they don't realize the impact that it had on them. So they won't, won't, they'll never say anything to you, but you might realize it yourself. So I guess when I say, you know, where I've been a chance, where there's been a chance or experience where I've been blessed because of me being in a leadership role, it usually happens just from like the feedback. It'll, it will be just as simple as thank you. Like I said, I don't really see my, at the beginning, I don't really see myself as a leader. So to sit around and think about, am I going to get this award for this or this award for that? That's not where my head is at. But if I do what I've been called to do and someone who is the benefactor of my leadership and what I'm doing says something, acknowledges it, or I can see their outcome from it, then that blesses me. Okay. Thanks for that. And I do agree with you. I know sometimes we're not battled, even with this podcast, and then someone will come out and say, oh my goodness, this is so awesome. I really enjoyed it or something to that effect, which I agree it does fuel you when, because you can get low, right? As a person like, is this really working? I think we all want to be impactful as individuals, right? So if sometimes yeah. you're not getting that information, you're like, well, what am I doing? And then that person comes along like, you're doing awesome. This really helped me. Then it's like, okay, I guess this is the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And you know, for you, it's very hard because as a podcast, you're you're delivering this content, right? That's just like someone on television or someone doing a film, you're delivering this content and then you don't know. You're not there to see the person's face or anything. And like, like I said before, sometimes people will never come back and say anything to you, but you'll just see the outcome. So I I know it's got to be difficult for you. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Doing these interviews and you don't know, but at the end of the day, it'll show up to you. You realize like I'm doing something here. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. And I do agree that that is indeed a blessing. Okay. So Ebony, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? I have to go back to 
that, and I'm telling you, if you have never heard it, Google it, go on YouTube. But Dr. Martin Luther King's, I tell you, I felt like the, from the first time I heard it, it spoke to me to be that servant leader because sometimes when you are in a, let's say you're in a corporate job or you're in an organization or you're at a church and you see bad leaders becoming successful, they continue to move up. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you think this is for the birds. This is, this is how you have to do it. And if this is how you have to do it, I just, I'm not going to survive. This is not mm-hmm. me, not mm-hmm. who I am. So I feel although, as though that um, sermon was done many years before I was born. I feel like that was for me. I feel like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was speaking to me. So I would encourage anyone to Google it, go on YouTube, listen to it. You can actually read through it as well. Because that, I'm telling you, it blessed me so to like, I remember the first time that I went to Atlanta years and years ago, I went to the King Center just to buy copies of it. Mm. And then when I went back to Atlanta, I went to the King Center to bring back more copies for other people. Wow. And it, where I could have just dubbed, you know, I gave to everybody. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I need to go purchase this because they need to keep supplying it to people. And so that, just go and listen to that. And I, and I think I feel like that sermon just sums it all up. Okay. Thanks for that. And you said that was the drum major's Major. instinct. Awesome. Okay. Check that out, ladies. All right. So you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? I feel good, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, Ebony, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Sure. Our website is abovepromotions.com. Feel free to go there and take a look. I have been failing to post some of the podcasts and videos from where I'm talking to the site, but I'm getting into the habit of doing that now. So if you go to the resources page, you can find some information that could help you for your business and your organization. Additionally, I like meeting people. I really believe in your network is your net worth. And so if you would like to connect with me on LinkedIn, feel free to do so. You can find me at Ebony Baz on LinkedIn and um, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Okay. Well, thank you, Ebony. We appreciate your insight today. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Ebony, and I hope you did as well. I agree with Ebony's suggestion to use servant leadership as our guide to being an effective and successful leader. An effective leader feels that no task is beneath him or her and serves by giving what is needed to reach the goal. Some of the core principles of servant leadership include having empathy for others, being a good listener, being able to resolve conflicts, and being aware of yourself and those around you. Ebony shared a gem with us, which was the resource she uses as her blueprint to servant leadership. This is a tool she uses to fully understand and encompass the essence 
of a servant leader. I'm super excited to check it out, and I suggest you do the same. A quote by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. reads, in a servant leader culture, we learn by choice or example that if we wanna be great, we have to serve others respectfully. I admire Ebony's decision to run for class president in high school, as well as her achievement of this honor. Having the courage, desire, and willingness to take on this type of duty, considering all it entails as a teenager, is commendable to say the least. Although Ebony did not see herself as a leader in high school, she most definitely was. And her becoming class president proves this. Even today, although she still has a hard time considering herself as a leader, she most definitely is. And the proof can be seen in both her personal and professional roles. As Ebony mentioned, our callings and gifts come second nature to us. When we embrace and exercise our gifts, we will be led into the roles that we are destined for. A quote by Estee Lauder reads, I never dreamed about success. I worked for it. I can relate to Ebony's experiences with assuming people felt the same way she felt and thought the way that she thought, as I experienced the same. As with Ebony, I had to realize and accept that everyone doesn't think or operate the way that I do, which was a hard reality for me. I have come to realize that understanding this concept is key to understanding others, and it helps us to be considerate and mindful of their needs. Communicating openly and asking questions will aid us in discovering the expectations, feelings, and viewpoints of those we interact with. A quote by Audre Lorde reads, it's not our differences that divide us. It is our inability to recognize, accept, and celebrate those differences. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Ebony told us about the weekly and daily routine she uses to be productive, and I absolutely loved it. I have battled with figuring out the best practices for myself as the many techniques I have employed have not been suitable for how I operate. I will make it my business to create a weekly to-do list because I often have a large daily to-do list, which spills over into other days of the week. So having a weekly list makes sense for me. I will also categorize my tasks to ensure I'm covering items from each area as I desire balance in my life and agree that this is a good tactic to ensure that I meet this goal. A quote by Michael Jordan reads, obstacles do not have to stop you. If you run into a wall, don't turn around and give up. Figure out how to climb it, go through it, or work around it. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing that you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me, 
and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled, Figure Out What Works For You with Ebony Voss. Thanks. Until next time, be empowered and empower on.